World Europa presents Calling Europe, the first pan-European speed podcast. Welcome to the sixth episode of our speed podcast, Calling Europe. My guest today is our General Secretary, Anouk Ohms. Anouk, it's really nice to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Lovely being here. Well, Anouk, how are you today on this beautiful, very warm Monday? Uh, yeah, it's a very hot day in my hometown, Deventer, in the Netherlands. And, uh, but I guess it's all over Europe, really hot these days. <laughs> but doing well. Really nice. Are there any specific projects that you're looking forward to doing because of this weather? Like, do you have something that you wanted to do outside or an activity you've always wanted to do? Uh, unfortunately, I have a small cat that's with me only for two weeks now. So I'm really locked inside uh, to make sure that it doesn't run away and never comes back <laughs> is it going to be a house cat no eventually i want to like let it outside but uh i read that it should be six weeks or something that a cat should be inside for it in order to recognize its home so yeah i'm a bit stuck <laughs> and how long have you had it now two weeks two weeks yeah and it's joined me in many calls <laughs> it's like, i mean i'm a dog person but i have to say i really like little kittens so i uh, i'm normally also a dog person but i live one floor up so dogs is not really uh good here But I do have two dogs in Uganda, and, and um, whenever I have the chance, I'll have a dog too. <laughs> nice. Let me know, and I'll come by. Ah, okay. Good deal. <laughs> so, Anouk, let's start with the first part of our podcast. The Profile. Anouk, where in Europe do you live? I live in a beautiful town called Deventer in the Netherlands, in the east of the Netherlands, near the German border. <clears throat> and when did you join Volt? Ah, February this year, so quite new still. So it's nearly six months now. Yes, and they say to me that uh, a year in Volt counts as dog year, so uh, and that's how it's like, <laughs> in a positive way. <laughs> um, what do you do at Volt? I am the general secretary uh, together with Leonard Averveen, and uh, um, we both started in February this year. And where is your favorite place in all of Europe? Uh, my favorite place in Europe is, uh, I have to say, Venice, um, because I have really fond memories of it when I celebrated my 16th birthday. Uh, we were on an exchange visit with students near Milan. And uh, while I was uh, celebrating my birthday, it was on the San Marco Plain, uh, Square together with all the artists that were dressed up for carnival. So it was a really mystical and really beautiful memory and celebration. It's actually really nice that you have such a fond memory of your 16th birthday. I think that's very special. Yes. <laughs> okay, and now we will continue with the main part. The three questions. And today our main part is consistent of, as usual, three questions. Question number one. And the first one is from our last guest, Dan Kniebogel, who asked you... And my question is, after some months in your role, how do you see foreseeable future of the movement? I think uh, currently we've been really busy with internally organizing ourselves and making sure the structure is in place. Um, and I'm really excited and eagerly to have that move forward and uh, focus more on the external organization. We have functional leads in place and they are all working on our strategic action plans. And I'm really looking forward to share that with our movement and to get more and more involved with the movement and make sure that everyone knows what we're doing, knows who to access and really move together as a movement and make that happen. Nice. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, only from the way that I've seen what happened when you guys, the two general secretaries joined and really got rolling is that I feel like the European level now has structure and people who are in contact with the functional leads and understand every part of, you know, what everyone is doing. And I feel like it's 
so much more effective. So it's definitely been extremely noticeable that you guys have been in place and working. Thanks so much. Really looking forward to making it even more. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Another half year and then you have your anniversary. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Question number two. What was the most surprising thing you realized about Vault after joining? Ah, um, I have a lot of working experience as a consultant and I worked uh, for an NGO in Africa, in Uganda. And what I noticed is that um, the difference with Vault is that these are all people who really invest their time and efforts into something they are really passionate about. And um, with that, it creates a whole different dynamic. So in normal positions, you always have someone who is doing it because they need to earn money. Uh, or are in a position way too long and don't see how to get out of that. And that's completely different within Vault where everyone makes that conscious choice. And um, so that's really a positive vibe and really a lot of energy and really a big commitment to move forward. So it makes me really happy to work with that. And at the same time, also very conscious of the fact that we need to make sure that people stay committed and we don't overdo or burn out uh, the efforts of everyone made. Yeah. I actually, I think that's such a fundamental challenge that we're now probably coming across with, on the one hand, wanting to professionalize, which means that some people who, for example, when you have full timers can do so much more than volunteers and potentially that could drag like the volunteers motivation down because maybe what they're doing doesn't feel as significant anymore. Or, um, yeah, I definitely think that's a, a real challenge we're coming across, but I hope we can figure it out. Yeah, we will. And I, I think it's really important to, uh, we need people to work full time because then we can really develop more and move forward. But it doesn't mean we don't need volunteers and, and they are still, to me, equally as appreciated. Um, but we need to make sure that that's also how they feel and how they are treated. But I really liked your, we will. Definitely. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> Question number three. And the last question from the main part is, what would you like to tell our listeners? Ah, um, I think we are a unique pan-European movement. It is amazing to see that so many countries, cities uh, are uh, represented already within Vault and think they can grow and we can grow as a whole of a movement. So I would really invite everyone to join, everyone who has heard a little bit about us to reach out and to ask more about it and Mostly really hope that one day we can go back on the streets again and really fly her out and make sure that everyone heard, uh, is heard more, that we know our word comes more across and make that happen. I think that's, that's so special about Vault that so many people are so willing to go on the street and talk to people. And I think we really need to realize that that is not normal, especially in a political sphere like I, I know that in Germany, the culture politically is, it's not very common for volunteers to go on the street and hand out leaflets and stuff. Like, surely you have people that do it, but not to the extent that you saw a vault on the streets in the European elections. And I always say, and I stand by that, I think our volunteers made the European elections what they were because... I think a lot of people were just impressed to see all these young people and actually not only young people, all sorts of people on the street and supporting um, the cause and actually spending their time and effort. So yeah, it's super cool. And I mean, if you consider how, how young the movement is and how far we are already now, it's amazing. And I actually sometimes think that um, with all the people who are involved, 
the organization is already way a few steps ahead from how we are internally organized. So I really see it as a big challenge, challenge to make us up to speed and to really accommodate all the needs of all those people who are already supporting us and more that there are there to come. Thank you very much for all your answers, Anouk. They are very insightful, in my opinion, and I really look forward to everyone else hearing them too. Your favorite song. You know that we have the Spotify playlist. And Anouk, which song do you want to put on the playlist? Which song do you want all our volunteers to hear and think of Anouk? Uh, I would want to have a sky full of stars from Coldplay added. Nice. <laughs> so for the past six years, I've been living in Uganda, where they have completely different music which I enjoyed too, but every time uh, I would hear Coldplay and this song, it would, it would make me really feel home and uh, happy and energized, <laughs> which I would want everyone to feel like. <laughs> That's actually really nice. Thank you. The nomination. And finally, we have our very last question, which is also a little bit of a teaser for the next episode every time. Anouk, who do you nominate for our next call and what question would you like to ask him or her? So uh, the person I would want to nominate is Joachim Wilke, head of the office of our MEP Damian. Um, I nominate uh, Joachim because I think he's in the background where all the attention goes to Damian uh, as the MEP. And I would love to hear what is happening in backstage. So Joachim, my question to you is now you're a year in office to support Damian as our MEP. And I would love to hear what you see as the biggest lesson you've learned while managing Damian's office. I think that's a fantastic question. And actually one that I wish I'd thought of myself because we hear so much that Damian does, or like we see him in newspaper articles and interviews, but actually there is a troop that is helping him and supporting him. And as we want to grow it and have more MEPs, it's an inspiration to hear how they do it and see how we can uh, multiply this in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. And because I think you could obviously talk to local, elect, locally elected um, voters too, but talking to someone on the European level will really give an insight, I think, to everyone to see what, I don't know, potential candidates in 2024 are getting into, yeah. but also what does real politics look like? Yes. Because we're so young that having someone who's doing real politics full-time is actually still so novel, I think. Yeah, what did we actually sign up for, right? <laughs> Thank you very much for joining Anouk and for taking the time. This was really interesting. I look forward to our next episode. Anouk, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Aline, for this really honor and looking forward to the up upcoming episodes too. Thank you. <laughs> That was... Calling Europe, a production of Volterova.